Welcome to the Coronavirus Weekly Brief. We're your hosts. I'm David Sturman. And I'm Emily Schneider. Here are the headlines you need to know. Epidemiologists believe that the increase in cases in the United States in recent weeks hasn't sparked a commensurate surge in severe illness, but cautions that risks still remain. New cases are rising in all but three states, signaling a wave that is increasing across the country. Hospitalizations are also rising in more than 30 states. Quote, most of the cases are relatively mild, said Dr. Eric S. Toner, a senior scholar at the Center for Health Security at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. In the Northeast region, the first part of the country to see significant concentrations of the BA2 variant, virus levels detected in wastewater appear to have flattened out in the past two weeks. Hospital admissions due to COVID-19 have risen, but remain far below levels seen during earlier surges. Some scientists and public health experts believe that the number of Americans who have been previously infected, over 60%, according to data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, combined with vaccinations against the virus, are leading to growing immunity. Throughout much of the pandemic, unvaccinated people accounted for the overwhelming majority of deaths in the United States. But in recent months, that trend has shifted. Now, deaths among the vaccinated elderly and immunocompromised account for more of the toll. The Washington Post explains that, quote, the vaccinated made up 42% of fatalities in January and February during the highly contagious Omicron variant surge, compared with 23% of the dead in September, the peak of the Delta wave, according to nationwide data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. While unvaccinated individuals remain far more likely to die from COVID-19 than vaccinated people, the rise in deaths among vulnerable populations shows the importance of booster shots and staying vigilant with hygienic measures. Nearly two-thirds of the people who died during the Omicron surge were 75 and older, according to a post-analysis, compared with a third during the Delta wave. On Friday, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced a tentative timeline for deciding to authorize a coronavirus vaccine for the youngest age group and said that June 8 is the earliest date it will present data to its outside advisors. Children under five years of age are the only group not yet eligible for vaccination. According to the New York Times, the agency set, quote, aside three days for its outside advisory committee to consider the pediatric vaccine applications from Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech and another day to debate and presumably vote on proposals to update existing vaccines so they work better against a range of coronavirus variants. Moderna announced on Thursday that it had asked the FDA to authorize its vaccine for children under six and said its clinical trial showed the vaccine was safe and produced an appropriate antibody response. Moderna said it would submit the rest of its data to the FDA by May 9th, Pfizer and BioNTech are expected to complete their application to the FDA for the authorization of a vaccine in children under five in June. Last week, Denmark became the first country to halt its COVID-19 vaccination program, saying that the virus is now under control in the country. Quote, spring has arrived, vaccine coverage in the Danish population is high, and the epidemic has reversed, end quote, the Danish health authority said in a statement on Wednesday. Therefore, the National Board of Health is now ending the broad vaccination efforts against COVID-19 for this season, it continued. Everyone will be able to finish their course of vaccination, but no new appointments will be scheduled from May 15th. Political reports that across the United States, politicians and officials are wary of imposing or maintaining mask mandates 
For example, New York Politico writes, quote, two-thirds of the counties in the United States flagged by the CDC as having high community levels are in upstate New York, and cases and hospitalizations are still rising, albeit at a slower pace in recent days, across the state. But adds that unlike the last increase in cases, New York Governor Kathy Hochul and lawmakers are, quote, taking a more hands-off approach, merely encouraging vaccinations, boosters, and mask wearing, except on public transit and in certain congregate settings where masks are still required. Hochul stated, with the availability of vaccines, availability of home testing kits, we're asking people to be very responsible on their own, adding that she doesn't think a mask mandate is, quote, going to be necessary, but we're watching the numbers, unquote. Philadelphia, which as we covered was the first city to reimpose the mask mandate, backtracked after the mandate faced opposition. Pennsylvania's Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who is also mounting a Senate run, said he did not agree, quote, with the imposition of the Philadelphia mask mandate. Greece and Italy both announced that many COVID-19 restrictions would be lifted before Europe's peak summer tourist season. As of Sunday, visitors to Italy no longer need to fill out the EU passenger locator form, and no one, traveler or not, will need to show a health pass that was previously required to enter restaurants, cinemas, gyms, and other venues. Greece said that travelers flying into the country will no longer need to show a vaccination certificate, negative test, or proof of recovery, and will only need to wear a face mask. Greece is expecting high numbers of visitors this year, and officials are predicting that revenue will return to about 80% of its 2019 level. The Federal Reserve is preparing to shrink its asset holdings, which expanded during the pandemic, in an effort to stabilize markets. But while it will do so in a passive manner, the tightening will be faster than its prior effort in 2017. The Wall Street Journal reports, quote, This Wednesday, officials are to announce plans on how they will shrink these holdings, expect the process to be faster and potentially more disruptive to financial markets than last time. The journal notes, quote, in 2017, when the Fed concluded that stimulus was no longer needed, it began to shrink its portfolio passively, that is, by allowing bonds to mature without reinvesting the proceeds, rather than actively selling them in the open market. However, the journal notes that though passive, this tightening will be different, writing, It will be bigger and faster than five years ago. Then, nervous about how the runoff would work, officials imposed a low $10 billion cap on monthly runoff and slowly increased the cap to $50 billion over the course of a year. Officials have recently indicated in this go-round that they would allow $95 billion in securities to mature every month, $60 billion in treasuries, and $35 billion in mortgage-backed securities, nearly double the caps from last time. Runoff is likely to start in June and reach the new caps in just a couple of months instead of a year, unquote. The difference in approach is closely tied to the fear of the impact of high inflation. To see our daily brief, go to the address in our show notes and follow us on Twitter, at New America ISP. The Coronavirus Weekly Brief was produced by Shannon Lynch and Jason Stewart and was edited by Shannon Lynch. The podcast is brought to you by New America and Arizona State University.